April 17, 2017. Mark Zuckerberg is standing on a dark stage dressed in a gray sweater and dark jeans. He's in his element, confident and calm. He looks out at a sea of eager developers, waiting for him to light up the giant LED screen behind him with his latest big idea. This is F8, Facebook's annual conference showing off its new products. Today, Zuckerberg's debuting a new strategy for photos and augmented reality. And it takes direct aim at Snapchat. The screen behind him reveals a photo of red and green apples with the text, which one, written on top. So for displaying information, uh, we've all seen people take photos and write text on them or circle things or draw arrows to highlight information. What Zuckerberg doesn't say is that people do this all the time on Snapchat. The screen shifts to reveal a selfie of a woman with animal ears. And for enhancements, we have things like face filters and style transfers to make our images and videos more fun. Zuckerberg's calling them face filters, but this savvy audience knows they started as Snapchat lenses, a feature Facebook copied. The giant LED screen flickers again to eliminate a screenshot of a Facebook feed. So if you take one thing away from today, this is it, right here. We're making the camera the first augmented reality platform. The crowd applauds, and Zuckerberg smiles smugly. He knows he's about to strike fear in the heart of Snapchat. After the startup launched spectacles, sunglasses with a camera attached, it's been calling itself a camera company. Now, Facebook's getting in on the augmented reality action, too. All right, so you're going to be able to swipe to the camera. The screen behind him switches to a selfie of a woman. And you're going to start discovering effects that your friends are using and that are relevant to the place you're at nearby. All of a sudden, she's wearing bunny ears, exactly like Snapchat lenses. But Zuckerberg has a twist. He's made the new tool open source. It's a kind of open call for developers around the world with coding chops to create their own filters and share them with Facebook. This is Zuckerberg's major power play. Snapchat's got a nimble set of developers who've kept the company one step ahead of the competition. But Zuckerberg is about to yank its innovative edge. Instead of having maybe 10 or 20 options to choose from, uh, you're going to have thousands of options from creators all over the world, from all different kinds of cultures and backgrounds and styles. And this is launching in beta today. This is Zuckerberg's full frontal assault on Snapchat. Soon, Facebook and Instagram are going to have more filters than Snapchat could ever imagine. The message to Snapchat is clear. We will bury you. Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies' Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. Louisiana has unmistakably unique culture, world-class cuisine, and the nation's top-ranked workforce development program. 
This incredible state's business environment is powerful, rich, and diverse. It's the gateway to 38 states and the world with a port system delivering the most domestic cargo in the U.S. It's also where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will transport the first women to the moon. Discover Louisiana's investment resources at OpportunityLouisiana.com to learn how your company can gain a competitive advantage in Louisiana. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars. In our last episode, Facebook began copying Snapchat outright. First, the social media giant bought a company to replicate Snapchat's lenses technology. Then, it copied Snapchat's Stories feature on all of its platforms. Snapchat's Evan Spiegel watches Facebook's announcement of open-source filters unhappily. He knows Zuckerberg's gunning for Snapchat one feature at a time. But Spiegel has a much bigger problem. This is Episode 5, Stock Market Tailspin. May 10th, 2017. Evan Spiegel is sitting at his desk, preparing for a very tough phone call. Snapchat, which rebranded as Snap before its IPO, just posted its first quarter results. And it's a disaster. In its first three months since going public, Snap recorded a $2.2 billion loss and completely missed its revenue targets. Shareholders have been unforgiving, unloading stock and sending the share price plummeting 23%. Spiegel feels his stomach churn just as he's about to hop on a call with Wall Street analysts. With Snap's stock tumbling, they know Facebook is gaining serious ground. Spiegel needs to triage the situation. He joins Snapchat's CFO on the line. They try to put a positive spin on things, emphasizing user growth, and that they're now seeing three billion photos and videos shared a day. Then, one analyst asks the inevitable question. Zuckerberg opened up his F8 presentation essentially saying that they are now a camera company with an augmented reality API designed to let the whole world in and innovate. I think the question that's on every investor's mind is, does Facebook scare you? Why or why not? Spiegel laughs and then jumps in. I think the bottom line is, like, if you want to be a creative company, uh, you got to get comfortable with and, like, basically enjoy the fact uh, that people are going to copy your, your products if you make great stuff. And, and I think uh, we've seen this happen a lot in technology. You know, uh, when Google came along, Everyone really felt like they needed a search strategy. Uh, you know, when Facebook came along, everyone felt they needed a social strategy. And now I think, you know, with, with Snap, with our company, uh, we believe that everyone's going to develop a camera strategy. Just because uh, Yahoo, for example, has a search box, it doesn't mean they're Google. This does not allay analyst fears. They sense that despite Spiegel's fighting words, Instagram and Facebook stories are quickly making Snapchat redundant. Spiegel knows he's just buying time and that he has to do something fast to save Snapchat. Luckily, he has a plan. 
Later that afternoon, at a conference table, he explains it to Murphy over lattes. I know how we're going to beat Facebook. Yeah, how? By changing the feed. Up until now, it's been chronological. Users see updates in the order they were made. But, but, but what if we made it algorithmic? Users get what they actually want to see. No way. We have no proof that people want an algorithmic delivery. We don't need proof. We have my gut. I know this is the right move. I don't know, man. If you're wrong, our core audience is going to ditch us completely for Instagram stories. Spiegel shakes his head. Listen, what people hate about Facebook is that their friends' posts are jumbled up with fake news and posts from news sites and influencers. We should be prioritizing stories from people they really care about instead. Hmm. I get that. In fact, let's not just change the feed. Let's redesign the whole app. Okay. All right. We need to make it more about friends, less about publishers. We should have two landing pages, friends on the left, discover on the right. Discover is Snapchat's monetized section where new sites and brands pay to post updates. Until now, those posts have been mixed in with all the other content, and that was part of the draw for advertisers. Murphy's worried this move could jeopardize that revenue stream. Wait, that would change our whole layout. Are you sure? Just trust me. Let's do this. Murphy begrudgingly agrees. Snapchat's developers get to work on the redesign. November 29, 2017. Snapchat is about to roll out its algorithmic feed and redesign in a promotional video. Dressed in a black t-shirt, Spiegel stands in a brightly lit studio in front of a yellow backdrop. One of the complaints we've heard about social media is that photos and videos from your friends are mixed in with content from publishers and creators and influencers. But your friends aren't content, they're relationships. That's why today we're separating the social from the media and reorganizing Snapchat around your relationships to make it more personal. An illustration on the right of the video sketches out Snapchat's new interface. As always, Snapchat opens the camera to invite you to create and inspire you to explore the world around you. And on the left side of the camera are your friends. These are the people you talk to every day, send snaps to back and forth. And to the right of the camera is Discover, where content from publishers and creators in the community is personalized just for you. Spiegel is betting the house that this change will grow rather than alienate his usership. He also tells Wall Street the redesign makes it more user-friendly to older people who complain that the interface is hard to understand. But even if Spiegel's right, his strategy better work fast. The company is hemorrhaging cash. By the end of the third quarter in 2017, Snap's losses total more than $3 billion. Morale at the company is low. Snap does not give out end-of-year bonuses. And things are about to get much worse. February 21st, 2018. Reality star-turned-makeup entrepreneur Kylie Jenner is at home in Calabasas. She's testing out her latest makeup products, a line of shimmery highlighters. Social media is her major advertising outlet, and it's critical to her business, which is all online. Jenner has long been Snapchat's most followed celebrity user, but she finds the redesign less intuitive to use. So she's been posting more and more about Kylie Cosmetics on Instagram. 
With Instagram stories, there's no need for her to post on Snapchat. She opens Twitter and taps out a message to her followers. So, does anyone else not open Snapchat anymore? Or is it just me? Ugh, this is so sad. With her manicured nails, she casually taps send. The tweet goes to her 24.5 million Twitter followers. It's only 88 characters, but that tweet shakes markets. In a matter of hours, Snap shares plummet almost 8%. Snap stock ends the day down 6%, close to the $17 a share it started trading at nearly a year ago. $1.3 billion in value has been wiped out. The redesign has been a colossal failure, and Kylie Jenner's testimony crystallizes the broader public opinion. 1.2 million people sign an online petition demanding Snapchat roll back its redesign. They say they find the new interface annoying and difficult to use. Things only get worse for Snap. The next month, an ad runs on Snapchat asking users if they'd rather slap Rihanna or punch Chris Brown. Brown is Rihanna's ex-boyfriend who pleaded guilty to assault after beating her in 2009. Rihanna is incensed and takes to rival Instagram to rant. You spent money to animate something that would intentionally bring shame to victims and made a joke of it? She urges her millions of followers to delete Snapchat. Snap shares tumble almost 5%. Spiegel panics. He frantically calls the head of marketing. How did this happen? We're supposed to approve every single ad that goes out. Uh, We did see it. We just, uh... Well, this should never have been approved. We need to put out a statement ASAP. Snap goes into self-preservation mode. A mode it knows very well by now. It issues a statement apologizing. This advertisement is disgusting and never should have appeared on our service. We are so sorry we made the terrible mistake of allowing it through our review process. We are investigating how that happens so that we can make sure it never happens again. But the damage is done. Users hate the redesign, and public sentiment has turned against the app. Snapchat is losing users, and internally, there's turmoil over the dropping stock price. Many of its head executives have resigned recently, including its CFO, chief strategy officer, vice president of content, the duo that headed up Spectacles, and its top salesperson. Spiegel and Murphy take a walk. Murphy decides that he's waited long enough. Evan, we're drowning here. We need to do something about this redesign. I know. I know. It's not working. We need to get rid of it. I just really think people would love it if they spent more time with it. The public hates it. We need to get rid of it now. Spiegel goes quiet. Do I have your permission to start rolling it back? Spiegel pauses. Fine. Roll it back. Zuckerberg doesn't get the chance to gloat. He has his own crisis to deal with. 
He's under fire for the glut of fake news and Russian meddling that took place on the platform during the 2016 election. Then, he gets a call from his communications head. Mark, is the New York Times and The Guardian. They're both asking about Cambridge Analytica. What do they know? A lot. I'm sending over their questions now. We need to downplay this fast. The news outlets are both investigating the political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica. Their reporting shows that first, the firm paid a small number of U.S. voters to take a detailed personality quiz after logging into Facebook. Then, Cambridge Analytica collected information including likes and biographical data from their Facebook profiles. And it also collected their friends' data. The quiz results were then paired with this Facebook data to eliminate psychological patterns, information that was used to target people with highly personalized political advertising. All in all, Cambridge Analytica scraped data from more than 87 million Facebook users without their permission. It's the largest mishandling of user data in Facebook's history. Zuckerberg and his team spend a week downplaying the leak, but they realize the New York Times and The Guardian are on the verge of publishing damning exposés. So the day before the story is set to publish, Facebook announces it's suspending Cambridge Analytica's account and barring its parent company from the platform. The next day, the New York Times and The Guardian print their stories. CBS and other cable news outlets pounce on the news. We're learning more about Cambridge Analytica and its mining of data on millions of Americans for political purposes. According to The Guardian, the firm harvested personal data from U.S. voters without permission. That information was then used to support President Trump's candidacy. The company which Zuckerberg stays silent, but public outrage builds. The FTC promptly starts an investigation into Facebook's privacy protections. Politicians urge Zuckerberg to testify before Congress. A movement to hashtag delete Facebook takes off. Over the next two months, a quarter of users delete the Facebook app off their phone, according to a survey by Pew Research. This is quickly becoming the biggest scandal in Facebook's history. Zuckerberg now knows he has to do something. So he takes to Facebook and types out a statement. We have a responsibility to protect your data, and if we can't, then we don't deserve to serve you. I've been working to understand exactly what happened and how to make sure this doesn't happen again. This is Zuckerberg's worst nightmare. If he doesn't fix this mess, he'll watch the company he built crumble. Where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom for Customer Support, the business messenger that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more about Intercom's business messenger for customer support. 
birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Go to Investor.gov today to learn about these investment products and more. How much do you already know about investing? Find out by putting your financial knowledge to the test with their new investment quiz. Investor.gov is your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. April 10th, 2018, Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. Zuckerberg is here to testify in front of the Senate Judiciary and Commerce Committees. He looks tired and pale. He's dressed in a somber gray suit, white shirt, and blue tie. It's a marked departure from his customary T-shirt. But he needs to win back the American public's confidence, so he's going full corporate. Zuckerberg settles into his seat and stares out at the senators in front of him. He starts to read from his prepared comments. Facebook is an idealistic and optimistic company. For most of our existence, we focused on all of the good that connecting people can do. But it's clear now that we didn't do enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well. And that goes for fake news, for foreign interference in elections and hate speech, as well as developers and data privacy. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake, and I'm sorry. Zuckerberg almost looks like he's about to cry. He's falling on his sword. But it's not enough to convince the senators. They grill him for hours. Mr. Zuckerberg, what is Facebook doing to prevent foreign actors from interfering in U.S. elections? Thank you, Senator. Um, this is one of my top priorities in 2018, um, is to get this right. I, uh, one of my greatest regrets in running the company is that we were slow in identifying the Russian information operations in 2016. Now, I have more confidence that we're going to get this right because since the 2016 election, there have been several important elections around the world where we've had a better record. Explain what is better about the record. So we've deployed new AI tools uh, that do a better job of identifying fake accounts that may be trying to interfere in elections or spread misinformation. We're going to have uh, more than 20,000 people by the end of this year working on security and content review across the company. Zuckerberg defends Facebook's data use policies and assures the senators and everyone watching at home that Facebook will do better. But he can't help his hubris showing through. Do you believe you're more responsible with millions of Americans' personal data than the federal government would be? Zuckerberg's expression flickers discomfort. Then he manages a slight smile. Yes. His attitude doesn't help. The senators may not grasp all the aspects of how Facebook works, but the disaster has made something clear to them. Facebook has grown too big too powerful. Zuckerberg disagrees. You don't think you have a monopoly? Uh, It certainly doesn't feel like that to me. 
Okay. For the moment, Snapchat is in Zuckerberg's rearview mirror, convulsed in its own existential threat. Right now, Facebook's most pressing battle is with government regulation and the court of public opinion. On the next episode, the public's furious backlash towards Facebook gets white hot and Snapchat launches a comeback that signals the battle is far from over. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. If you tap or swipe over the cover art, you'll find offers from our sponsors, and we hope you'll support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've heard, it would be great if you give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. There's another way you can support us, and that's by answering a short survey at wondery.com survey. And by the way, make sure to tell us what business war stories you'd like to hear. We should say something about the conversations you've been hearing in today's episode. We can't know exactly what was said, but this dialogue is based on our best research. I'm your host, David Brown. Natalie Robomed wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Emily Frost edited this story. Our editor and producer is Jenny Lauer-Beckman. Sound designed by Kyle Randall for Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louie. Created by Hernan Lopez for Wondering. Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm Arisha. And we're the hosts of Even the Rich. So I want you to imagine you're about to go on stage and perform in front of 30,000 cheering fans. You pop a cough drop, take some deep breaths, tell yourself, you can do this. And that's when your brother steps into your dressing room. He tells you the police are here. Either you clean up your act or you'll get arrested. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But you just laugh and say good, because the you in this story is Madonna. You're going to give the police a moment they'll never forget. Ooh, so what happens next? If you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the newest season of Even the Rich, The Making of Madonna. Follow on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free.